Hey, it's John Williams. If your home struggled to stay warm this winter, then you know it's going to be hot this summer. Maybe it's those old leaky windows and doors. Call Next Door and Window, the company we hired. Right now, you'll get buy one, get one 30% off, plus 18 months of interest-free financing. So call 1-800-NEXT-DOOR right now. That's 1-800-NEXT-DOOR or go to 1-800-NEXTDOOR.COM. Podcast. Open shots. It's game 13. Bears and Cowboys. We want to try to find different ways that we want to go after any weaknesses that we think they have. But any weaknesses that we can find, we want to exploit those. And any strengths that they have, we want to try to stay away from. WGN Radio presents Hogan Johns. What time is it? He's a great, great back. He's big, he's strong, he's got great vision. And he can take it inside. As Elliott gets going now, another chain mover. Bounce outside, run through you, run around you, jump over you. Elliott leaping over Lions to midfield. He's as good as they get. But WGN's Adam Hogue. Adam Hogue rhetorically dancing with his verbiage. And from The Athletic, Adam Johns. One of the great football figures of all time. It's going to take all 11 hitting on all cylinders and singing out the same hymnal, being on the same page. Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. That's what we do here on the Hogan Johns podcast. We sing out of the same hymnal. I like that open. I like being one of the greatest football figures of all time. He, he did. He did. I know you one of those. Well, he's not lying. I don't know if these teams are two of the greatest football teams of all time, though. The Dallas Cowboys and Chicago Bears, both six and six. I don't think we thought that was going to be the case a long time ago, or even a couple weeks ago. A lot of blah. But you know what? It's better than the alternative, which is having them being losing teams playing for nothing. It's a meaningful football game in December, Adam. It is. Take it. It's uh, very meaningful for the Dallas Cowboys, who have a one-game lead on the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC East, which is proven... What a crappy division. Proven to be an awful division this year. And the Bears are playing in the much tougher NFC North with uh, divisional hopes all but dead. However, I wish I had a soundbite for like a door creaking open. I don't have one of those. Nope. Just a, I don't know what that was. That sounded like a dying Toyota Prius or something. What? I don't drive a Prius. <laughs> um, but the cow, uh, the uh, Vikings lost last night. As our friend from 670 The Score would say, Chris Emma would say, they're in the hunt. Chris Emma. They're in the hunt. So the door has opened. You, you knew the Vikings were going to... We can't just let that go without... <laughs> You've been teeing me up for that for like three, three weeks. Three weeks! And I finally got it in there. Hit it again. Chris, I'm... It's not me. You can barely tell what it is. I'm not... Is it me? I think it's Joe Romano, who, by the way, is here. <gasps> I'm here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we are we are uh, recording today in the WGN studios with the great view of the Chicago River and Navy Pier. Uh, Adam Johns, Adam Hogue, and Joe Romano. <laughs> yeah, it's... Door, that, did it close? That, that door needs yeah. some oil. <laughs> yeah, I started to close it. Yeah. Open it back up, you know. It's time to bring in our next sponsor, WD40. <laughs> That's good. 
Um, yes, that's it. You know, the, the Vikings leaving the door open a little bit, and then, I don't know, it kind of sounded like it just shut there again. But um, uh, we're, we're going to talk. There's a draft. We are going to talk about all this. You should follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue. At Adam Johns and at Joey Joe Rowe. It's good to it's good to have Joe in front of us. See, I got this friend named Joey Jojo Junior Shabadoo. That's the worst name I ever heard. Hi, Joey Jojo. You can read us at wgnradio.com slash bears and the athletic theathletic.com. I was just reading the athletic to uh, learn a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys. Ding. They got some funky numbers going on. Yes. They have the number one offense in football, but the number eight scoring offense. And I in uh let me give proper credit here. Who wrote this story for the uh athletic Dallas Bob Sturm? Uh he It's uh, a very Dallas name. Yeah, Bob Sturm. Yeah, he's wearing a cowboy hat and Joe liked that one. I saw him nodding. <laughs> um the Cowboys have well, let me put it this way. In all of the NFL, there have been five games this year where an offense has put up 32 first downs. The Cowboys have two of those five games and have lost both games. So they've been moving the football all season. The Bears have not been moving the football all season. Both teams are 6-6. Six and six. So our friend Ken, Ken Fishbane, not Ken Fishbane, Kevin Fishbane, Ken Fishbane's car is what we use to yes. go to Detroit. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Ken. Um, he dug up some stats as well. Uh, let me just read them. You can hit the ding one more time. I got it. I can touch it. Good job. Look, look at that. First of all, Joe, he's Ever got touch a, another man's soundboard. He's got a full row. Yeah. Well, this soundboard's got my name on it an awful lot. He's, he's got a full row of just Adam John stuff. John's. Parody, whatever you want to call it, but anyway, usually it's just you sneezing. It's a manly sneeze right there. If I ever heard one, the communist one on there. It's right. It's right next. I guess to I am it. a communist. There's another John sneeze. I don't know what that is. Let's hear it. <laughs> That's a pretty manly sneeze. It's a pretty manly sneeze. Yeah. Can yeah. I read the darn stat? What else? Go ahead. I'm listening. All right. Thank you, Matt. In six games against teams ranked in the bottom 11 in football outsiders' defensive rankings, it's the DVOA guys, okay, which are the Lions, the Giants twice. Wait, start over. What rankings are – I know they're DVOA, but – So football outsiders' rankings. Yeah, but – Defensive rankings. These are DVOA for defense. Yes, so the Cowboys have played six games against teams ranked in the bottom of – Football Outsiders defensive rankings metric. Got okay, it. all right. The Cowboys are five and one in those six games, averaging four hundred and ninety yards per game, seven point four yards per play, and over thirty two points per game. Okay, so they're beating up on bad teams. Okay, okay. So that's the Lions, the Giants twice, the Redskins, the Dolphins, eh, the Packers. They're not great defensively, but a good team. So basically, all the teams the Bears have played, with the exception of the Dolphins. So they're doing what the Bears aren't doing. They're they're, they're thoroughly pummeling bad teams, which is what yeah. you want to do. But in six games against teams that are in the top ten for Football Outsiders defensive DVOA, the Cowboys are one and five. All right, so that's against the Patriots, Jets, Eagles, Saints, Bills, and Vikings, better defensive teams. They're one and five in those games, averaging five point six yards per play and less than twenty points per game. Okay, I'm done. Podcast over. That's it. That's all I got. But what about the Bears? So the Bears playoff chance. The Bears will get there. <laughs> 
So the Bears are the sixth best team according to the Football Outsiders metric in terms of the defense. They have the sixth best defense according to their metric. That sounds about right. So this is the third best defense the Cowboys will face this season. So you're saying it's going to be a struggle? I'm saying there's a chance, as Jim Carrey, our friend, would say. The Jim, yeah, okay. Um, Great movie, Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you've so seen you're it. Saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a chance. Uh, there is a chance that the Bears beat the Cowboys. We'll we'll get into our full prediction for that game here in a second. Um, let's quickly just let's have a, a realistic chat <laughs> about the Bears playoff hopes here, right? Does that make sense? A realistic chat? Can we go with that? Conversation. Realistic chat. <laughs> you make Ernie work again here on this. Alright, so uh, here's the most likely scenario for the Ernie's here too, by the way. Look at him. <laughs> um, the most likely scenario for the Bears to make the playoffs, which I believe went from like one point something percent to three point something percent overnight with the Vikings losing to the Seahawks. Yes. Uh, is... Which, by the way, had to happen. So that's not like, like you. You absolutely need the Vikings to lose. Last. So that's not like opening the door. It's like taking the you know that hotel extra lock thing they yeah. have, you know, <laughs> and wedging that, it in there. Yeah, that's just no, no, not wedging it. It's just opening that right now. So they went from one percent to three percent, three three percent. Door's not open. It's just maybe it's partially cracked. unlocked. It's cracked. I'm gonna roll. You can with fit it. your fingers underneath. I'm gonna roll with it. Okay, go with okay. it. Okay. Okay. All right, so if the uh, this starts with the Bears winning their final four games, all right, um, and then here's the most likely scenario: you need the Vikings to go two and two the rest of the way because the Bears are two games behind the Vikings. So that's pretty simple math. The Bears go four and zero. The Vikings go two and two, and they are tied. Uh, this assumes a Bears victory over the Lions, and we, or I'm sorry, Vikings in Week 17. Because the only way the Bears go four and zero is if they beat the Vikings in Week 17. That gives the Bears the tiebreaker over the Vikings because they beat them twice. This and, and that's one of the wins in terms of getting to that two and two record. That's one one of the other losses. Yes, for the Vikings. Yes, yes. So or the one of the yes. Before we address the yes. Rams. Let's look at the Vikings' schedule here. Um, this week, they host the Lions. They should win. David Blau, going to Minnesota, you would assume a Vikings victory. We're all agreeing on a Vikings victory? All right. guess we don't have to pick that game later. Uh, in two weeks, while the Bears go to Lambeau, the Vikings go to Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Not a very good team. Oh, fine. Just brand new ways to win every week, it seems. Or, Except when you're playing the Bears. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean. Man, I got my win losses. Find new ways to lose. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they lost that game. Yes. But they found a way to beat the Bears. Yeah. They found a way. Well, because the Bears found a better way to lose. There by you missing go. The field yes. Goal yes. Um, all right. I, I'd say right now the Vikings will still win that game. I mean, it's a possible loss, but they could still win it, which then means that Packers uh, lost there. The Packers did lose there. That's true. So that's true. I mean, it's a possible loss. It's a possible loss. The Bears, or I'm sorry, then the Vikings host the Packers. So which of those three games? Because you need the Vikings to lose one of those games. Lions at home at Chargers, 
or Packers at home. Well, that's, by l- the way, like, a Monday night football l- game. L- like Joe said, well, the Chargers, I feel like m- maybe that's an opportunity, a, a down game. Again, they did beat the, the Packers at home. That was a few weeks ago, was it not? Now I feel like there's been more discord about what the, the Chargers are now, but I, I think Bears fans might have to root for the Packers. Few, a couple weeks from now. Well, let's just point, saying. Let's point out a couple things about the Vikings here instead of just looking at the opponents. Defense has been giving up some points lately. 37 to the Seahawks last night. 27 to the Broncos two weeks ago. 28 to the Cowboys. 26. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, 23 to the Broncos, 24 to the Cowboys. Those are both games the Vikings won. Still in the 20s. Uh, then they gave up 26 to the Chiefs. Uh, you can go even farther. They gave up 30 to the Lions. Now that was when Stafford was playing. Point is, defense has not been lights out, okay? On the flip side, you know, Kirk Cousins, it's great what Kirk Cousins is doing. He's still Kirk Cousins, and... You can't count on him to be great every single week. Meanwhile, Dalvin Cook got banged up last night. Yeah. Now he says yeah. he's going to be okay, but now you got a running back playing with a shoulder injury. That could be problematic. Yeah. I, I got one thought on Kirk Cousins. So, yes, the defense last night against the, the Seahawks was not good, and they have not been good, as you just kind of highlighted with all the points they've been allowing. But Kirk Cousins got the ball back with three minutes left in the game. Down a touchdown or down four points, so he needs a touchdown to score. Like that, that's the moment that every quarterback wants. This is why they're paying you all that guaranteed money. This is your chance on national television to get rid of that narrative again that you can't win nationally televised games again. And then he has like one good pass the entire series. Can't complete, complete a fourth down conversion off the field. Seahawks get a field goal, put the game away. Like he's having another good year. But in the, in those moments, it, it could happen again in prime time again against the Packers on December twenty third, and he co- and he fails to come through. I mean, Bears fans should hope for that. But yeah, yeah. If if I don't have any faith in, in the Chargers or the Lions to beat them, but that Packers game is one that looms large for the Vikings. Uh, it is. It's it's huge. So I, I think it's we could say it's certainly possible that the Vikings lose two more. Absolutely. Games. The rest of the way. And really, we just got to look at this like they lose one other game besides the Bears game. Okay. So then the other team in this scenario that you you can't, that has to be a part of this is the Rams, who beat the Bears straight up a couple weeks ago. Um, That loss is a big problem um, for a number of reasons because, I mean, one, you'd only be one game behind the Vikings right now if you had won that game and you would hold the tiebreaker uh, over the Rams, right? Well, they'd actually be the six and six team, and you'd be seven and five. So it's a it's a huge that, that was a huge loss in Los Angeles a couple weeks ago in the in the game you you had to win. It was also an NFC game, so that hurts you in tie breaking scenarios here. So if you're head to head against the Rams, uh, you lose it because the Rams beat you. Uh, you could create a three way tie involving the Vikings, in which case it would come down to conference record. Which I actually think if the Bears went four and zero. It's kind of going down too far down a rabbit hole, but I think there is a. If I looked at this properly this morning, the Bears would actually at least have the same conference record or better than the Rams. I think you're correct. Believe it or not, so there is still a sliver of a chance that you could win a three-way tiebreaker. 
I think if it's if it's Vikings Rams Bears, um, but the best thing would be is if the Rams also went two and two, right? And then you don't have to worry about them. Can I go through the schedule for them? This absolutely this, okay. So they're they're against the Seahawks at home at home Sunday night football Sunday night football, and then they go on the road to Dallas. Dallas is going to be a desperate team, especially if they lose against the Bears. Very desperate team and, and trying to win that crappy NFC East, and then they're on the road again. Against the 49ers, which is one of the best defenses in the league. And then you finish off the season with Kyler Murray at home against the Cardinals. So in terms of schedule, it's definitely tougher. Like you have three playoff teams on there, potential if you count the Cowboys, I guess. So it's three better teams as opposed to what the the Vikings have. And look, the the Rams are... An absolute roller coaster. I mean, they, they beat the pair seventeen to seven, then they get their butts kicked by the Ravens forty five to six. The Rams have problems. Like so, on the road against the Cowboys, on the road against the Forty ers maybe at home against the Seahawks. The Rams could go one and three. Could they could they could? Um, so here is what I want to here is what I want to ask you guys. I want Joe in this too. We basically talked about three things. The Bears have to go four and zero, and then the Rams and the Vikings have to go two and two. Out of those three things, which is the most likely? Well, I don't think the Bears are going four and zero. Well, that's that's yeah. what I'm getting yeah, at here. Yeah. So the, we keep I talking think, about. I, this. I think there is a scenario where they could get in, in at nine and seven, but you need, they need the Rams to go one and three. Well, they would also need the they would need the Vikings to finish one and three. Yes. So a lot of th- yeah yeah that makes it a lot harder. a lot of moving pieces here but yes went yeah, out and you got a better chance yeah most likely I would say the Rams to go two and two to go two and two yes. but I, you know then I would say Vikings go two and two and then I would say Bears go actually went out yeah man it'd be funny if we had this podcast on Friday instead just because I mean do you think they're going to beat the Cowboys spoiler alert yes uh, well maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for the next twenty minutes of this podcast. I, I, I think they can. They, they've been in every single game this year. I, I don't trust the Cowboys. Uh, their coach is, is clearly his seat is on fire. Not literally, but on fire. They got a lot of problems. Their, their owner is, is in the media all the time. It's a bad situation down there in Dallas. In uh, a cold Thursday night game, prime time against another great defense. It could be another day of reckoning for the Cowboys. It, it, I'm not saying maybe the Bears win, but it's it's going to be a close game. Uh yeah, I mean I'd be I'd certainly be shocked if the Cowboys ran the the Bears out of the building. The Bears have only had one of those games all year. And that was against the Saints. Uh I don't see that. In fact, I would actually say the opposite. I'd say it's more likely that the Bears won comfortably against the Cowboys. Uh I I mean I guess we might as well get into this now at this point. Uh we we've, we've talked about some of the Cowboys just inefficiencies. They've been able to move the ball. And so from that standpoint, like I you still don't have a Keem Hicks back yet. And the Bears are still they're leaky. Right? We've been talking That's about this word. for a while. They they're they're leaky. What was the word we use the other day? Choppy? Choppy. That's the offense. The offense is choppy. The defense is leaky. leaky. Okay, glad we have that cleared up. I think it's right. It's accurate though. And that's the facts. That's that's one hundred percent truth. Thanks, Chase. It is. Um, so, if you 
think about the Bears' defense as leaky against an offense that keeps moving the football, but in the end has had some trouble scoring points in the Cowboys, at least against good defenses, which I would still say the Bears are clearly good. Um, I don't know. Where does that put the the Cowboys in this? Like They, they probably get at least one touchdown. Yeah. Uh, now their field goal kicking's been arguably worse than the Bears. Believe it or not, so they. I would think they probably put them down for at least one missed field goal. Well, I think this, this entire too. year has been awful for kickers. Yeah. So I don't know. Does like thirteen points for the Cowboys sound right? Yeah, got, uh, I, I would. Joe, say would you 16? take the over on that? Yeah. yeah, I would probably take the over okay. just because. Well, actually, the Bears' run defense is pretty good. I think they have a good chance to hold, uh, containing Zeke a little bit. Again, if we're just going by like the, the averages that our friend Kevin Fishbane produced going off the football outsiders metric, so they're in teams with good defenses. We're talking about in terms of football outsiders DVOA, they are scoring less than twenty points, nineteen and a half points per game. So I think the Bears are better than that. So maybe sixteen, fourteen, seventeen. Around that around that range, so then the question becomes: Can the Bears actually play a non-choppy offensive performance against? I I don't know. How do you describe this Cowboys defense? I'd argue they're a little overrated. There's been a lot of talk That's this fair. week about how good the front is. This defense is actually, at least reading what I was reading in the Athletic, uh, been big part of the pro- pro- part of the problem. The Cowboys have the worst starting field position in all of football. And a lot of that's due to poor defensive play and poor special teams play. And it's a big reason why they've put up a lot of yards, but yeah. not converted always into points. Yeah, yeah. The door's opening, Adam. Yeah. All right, so here's where this game gets decided. Takeaways. Yeah. That's what I'm struggling with here for the Bears' victory. They're still struggling to take the ball away. They're not doing it consistently. I mean... Khalil Mack finally got to Daniel Jones a couple weeks ago uh, on a situation where backed up in their own end, for some reason they tried to single both Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack. It was just stupid coaching. Um, And then last week, you didn't get a takeaway until Eddie Jackson, you know, jumped up and caught a a jump ball. Yeah. For for me, it's all rooted in the the pass rush. And I know a lot of that's a a key mix in, in him well, nearing his return, I guess, but his injury has completely hindered the pass rush. It allows offenses to completely key on Khalil Mack. We went over it, right? Mm-hmm. Triple teams, double teams, chip there, chip there. I mean, he he is engulfed in protection. His opportunities are, are so rare. So I don't know what Leonard Floyd's going to give you. Obviously, he's playing through some ribs injury or something. They don't want to leave the field against the Lions. But it's the pass rush. With a better pass rush, the the opportunities will be there for Eddie Jackson. Like you look at that pick he had against the the um, Lions on Thanksgiving. Nick Wachowski is in David Blau's face, and he has to just throw it up to have a chance for anything to to win that game or to be competitive to, to keep the game going. And Eddie Jackson just watched it. Call it a free one. You don't have a lot of that this year where you have Aaron throws. The pocket, the time in the pocket has been there for David Blau, for for whomever the Bears are facing. Do you think there's been a lack of creativity as far as where Khalil Mack is lined up? You know, I feel like he's over on the left side a ton. Where they should they should get him into a defensive tackle spot, you know, get him on the right side every once in a while. And something Ernie actually brought up is Khalil Mack has been split out wider this year. Have you guys noticed that? Yeah, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he likes that. And I think, like, they actually have been moving him around a decent amount. Uh, I agree. I would like to see him lined up inside a little bit more. But they have brought him on some stunts where he'll go underneath. Quite a bit, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, well, you need to do those games up front because the one-on-one battles aren't being won. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're, they're simply not. Roy Robertson-Harris, Nick Williams, great stories, good depth guys. Bilal Nichols, Eddie Goldman doing what they're doing on first and second downs. But the pass rush has been inconsistent. Very inconsistent. That's why you need to send double A-gap blitzes against the, the Lions to seal the win. You, you Some of your best pass rushers might be your inside linebackers right now. Yeah, I just ah, man, I'm I'm really struggling with this game because I I'm I think if the Bears can create two takeaways, they win. But I I don't know that they can do that. So I, I don't know. You you guys make your picks on this first. Well, it sounds like you're taking the Bears. I, I think the Bears could play a turnover free game as well, though. Well, that would be big. Yes, yes. You know, going back to the lovey days and the the percentages in terms of you know winning the turnover battle one nothing, two nothing, whatever. I I think it would be a clean game, possibly on, on both sides. I know this is a stiffer test for Trubisky. I'm not saying he's going to blow the the Cowboys out. When have they done that all all year? Really, is was blow a team out? That that would be the first this year. But I think he can have an efficient game. I think he can have a methodical game. Those are two words I've been using a lot lately because I, I, he did it last year, late this year, uh, late last year, uh, in three consecutive wins. So I think he has one of those types of performances. I'm going to go 2016 Bears. Bold prediction, though, is... <clears throat> Bold predictions. I'm going to say 110 rushing yards and a touchdown by David Montgomery. Wow. Oh. That's a big number. One one hundred and ten. Is that possible by a Bears running back? That's Matt Nagy. <laughs> Ouch. Joe, you want to go first? Yeah, I guess um I, I struggle to see where um Trubisky is this a game where we finally see some consistency? You know, yeah. last week against a bad Detroit defense, he got his and you know, hopefully he builds off that. Um I think coming back home is a big deal and uh, you know I Obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears won because we've been talking basically this whole podcast episode about how the Cowboys are just an average football team with a worse head coach than the Bears have. So I will take the Bears to win, but I'm not I'm not super comfortable with it. And I I, I like your score. I think twenty to fourteen, twenty to sixteen, right yeah. in that general area. Yeah. I, again, I don't think Trubisky is going. Is he not going to put up exceptional numbers? Maybe something like seventeen of of twenty five for two hundred and one yards. You know, maybe they're complete forty five percent of their of their third downs. Maybe as a touchdown pass, just I don't want to say average, but a, a good enough performance against a good enough opponent to produce a, a win that keeps you alive in the playoff. It keeps you in the hunt, as our friend Chris Emma would say. Yeah, I I, I think that I would. I'll ride with the recent trend, okay? And the recent trend is especially almost more than anything just the fact that I think Trubisky's confidence is improving. And frankly, I don't care who it came against. This is the fact that the confidence finally seems like it's there for the first time since before the season started. That's a good sign. Now, unfortunately, this is a Thursday night primetime game, just like that first game was, where the confidence just evaporated uh, very quickly against the green and gold. However, you know, Daniel uh, Chase Daniel did say it that 
Trubisky throws the ball well on Thursday. And that's the facts. That's that's 100% truth. 100% truth. And by the way, it sure seemed like it. Yeah. Gets the Detroit yeah. Lions. Yeah. So move the rest. Flex all yeah. the games to Thursday. I, I will say this. I like Anthony Miller more than uh, than Taylor Gabriel as a down-the-field option. A well, but bigger... Bigger oh, he, catch radius. And he does a much better job at getting open. Tracking the ball, yes. But I think Separation. They, they trust Taylor Gabriel more to do all the little things, the details. I thought that was a significant answer by Matt Nagy in Monday's press conference, or whatever day that was, because I can't. I have no idea. what It was uh, Friday's press conference. when Actually, I'm the one who asked the question, I think. What has unlocked... He's losing it, Joe. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't Keep remember. it going. Adam. Where was I? What day was it? What city was I in? I have no Today idea. Today is Tuesday, I believe. Today is Tuesday, which is Friday. Correct. And we're in the city of Chicago. Yes. Which is not Detroit or Champaign. It's Chicago. Correct. Got it. Okay. Or Madison. Or Madison or whatever. Um, <laughs> no, but I asked Matt Nagy, what has unlocked Anthony Miller? And he... I just thought it was so significant that it was just, well, he's got to do better with the details still. You know, it would have been an easy situation for him to praise this young kid for having, you know, another breakout performance here. And it was, no, he struggled, especially in the first half, to line up correctly, to run his routes correctly. There's still some of that focus. Yeah. Um, so it's it's interesting. You got Mitch Trubisky, who works extremely hard. Now, by the way, I'm not accusing Anthony Miller of not working hard, but he. it seems like Trubisky is very detailed and really does, like he almost overthinks too much stuff, right? Yeah, well, I think you see that in his play a little bit too, yeah. But he's lacking confidence. And then you have Anthony Miller, who's certainly not lacking any confidence, but probably isn't focusing as much as he needs to. And it's like, can you just bring these two guys to the middle? Because if you could, <laughs> you they, get plays like that. They could be yeah. a pretty good combination here when you got Allen Robinson being doubled on the other side. Yeah. So anyway, here's what I'll say. I, I like the trend with Trubisky. I think he keeps that going. I like Anthony Miller, um, who I was looking at fantasy stuff last night. Wouldn't be a bad pickup if you're desperate right now. He's had three straight games and double figures in fantasy points, and clearly there's something going here in the right direction, I think, with Anthony Miller. Um, I'm still worried about the takeaways. Oh, but oh, the other thing I was going to say, doesn't it seem like Matt Nagy's starting to buy into or accept, maybe that's the right way to put it, accept how he needs to call things for his quarterback? The last couple weeks... I know it's been against the Giants and it's been against the Lions, but it's what I wrote about in this past week. You know, it that I think Nagy's learning a lot as we're going along here yeah. too, and it finally seems to start translating to the field, in my opinion. Like he he's finally learned what works, and he isn't trying to what's the cliche jam a square peg into a round hole or something like that. Like, look, I, I get that plays were missed earlier in the year, but certain plays definitely work better for Trubisky. And I think the numbers are starting to show that. His performances are starting to show that. All right, so I will take the Bears. Um, I think they keep this offense, this recent offensive trend going there a little bit. Uh, I'll say 20, what did you say? 20 to, 20 to 16. All right, 20 to... I said 14, so you take 15. 15. <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Someone goes for two in there or something. <laughs> I have no idea. Well, the way things are going, you're going to have a missed extra point for someone. Yeah, that's a good point. With these two kickers, things could get weird. Bold predictions. Trubisky goes over 300 yards for the second Ooh. string game. Ooh. Has he ever done that before? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> 
I'll, I'll check. Hold on. Yeah, what's like the a, fish man? I, uh, hold please. Hopefully he has right. It's like it's like. Um, all right. Yeah. Where where is Kevin Fishbane when you need him or Ken? Ken yeah, Fishbane. Ken. For that I'll matter. go back to back weeks with an interception for good old number thirty nine. You think that kind of unlocks him? Yeah, this is it. They need it. Maybe a pick six. So Trubisky yep. last season when things were riding high, he had. From weeks four through six, so this is Tampa, Miami, and New England. In terms of passing yards, 354, 316, 333. So what's happened? Yes. Um, we haven't mentioned that Prince of Mukamara has a hamstring. Not good. I mean, that could be significant. We, I mean, honestly, we haven't seen what Kevin Tolliver can do. We know they liked him last year. Uh, they kept him on the roster. He's undrafted out of LSU. He's played a little bit, but has not played a lot this year. Really have no idea what how he would perform in a situation where he might have to play the whole game. He could be fine. We just haven't seen it. Yeah. We have no idea. Yeah. You need Umukamara. Like he's like considered I think this is almost unfair. People like consider him the the weakest link. I think he's very, having a good year. Yeah, I know he he's is. had a couple busted coverages here in the last couple of weeks, but I think he's been good. But at the same time, Kenny Galladay is a pretty darn good receiver. Yes. He's going to win some of his matchups, especially with double moves like that. So yeah, not good. The 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 Thursday to Thursday thing is a little bit weird in terms of the injury report. So you'll have one out later today, then you'll have one out later on Wednesday, which is kind of like a projection. But that's when we'll get our game statuses. Usually we'd get that today. Yes, yes. So it's not... The Thursday to Thursday definitely has a different different quirks to it, just because of the... At least with the injury report. Yeah. Has uh, Duke Shelley been active yet this year? Uh, he was earlier in the year when, remember, Sherrick was inactive twice? Oh, yeah. And, and they had Duke Shelley out there instead, and he struggled. He's getting those special teams penalties. I think he was active Sunday, too. Yeah, well, we talked yeah. about it. Him and Tolliver uh, kind of went viral after they basically beat up that gunner on the punt team. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. Because can I tell? Because some people were like, is that really necessary to do that? Can I can I tell you exactly why that's necessary? Are you going to bring up the Cordell Patterson tackle? Yes. Okay. Which I watched again yesterday. I was watching the All-22 from the Giants game. And that play... He's doubled, and they're doing their jobs. They're doubling them, and they get them all the way out of bounds, and then they stop blocking them. And who makes the play? The game-saving touchdown. Patterson. Tackle. Patterson came back out there. So Finish. You, you got you got the guy on the ground, you keep him on the ground until the play's over. Because otherwise he can get up and make the, save, save the touchdown from happening. There's yeah. still a lot of time left in those plays. So that's exactly why you saw that. I mean, if you're, if you're Chris Tabor, what a great teaching tool you had before that game just to show at Cordero Patterson. Yeah. You show your, your own team, your own guy, and say, this is exactly why you stay on your block the entire time. Because look at this dude come out of nowhere for us. Yeah, yeah. And, and Patterson actually lost at first on that play. But he came back. He didn't give up. Good play. Yeah. All right. Um, man, clean sweep for the Bears. Okay, that means the it. Cowboys are going to win. All right, should we uh, look at some of these other games? We tried to reach out to the man who died in this pursuit. Uh, they were unavailable for comment. Micah, back. That's yeah, unfortunate. Uh, I keep going back to what if What if he did. How many times did they call even? <laughs> Be a scoop. Was it just one try? You didn't try well, him again? One might say he ghosted her. 
All right, that's enough. <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk about the second straight week. We got to make picks way early in the week, even though it doesn't feel like it. Um, we did okay last week. Maybe we should make picks early in the week every week. Uh, let's start with the Packers. They host Washington at Lambeau Field. I love We got your annual, uh, uh, they needed to call volunteers out to, to shovel Lambeau. <laughs> They they need uh, in case you want to drive up there. I think they're doing it on Wednesday. Um, you gotta love ownership in the Packers. You get a certificate and they put you to work. That's all you get though. You don't really get any say whatsoever. Uh, noon Sunday on Fox. Hopefully they get the uh, stadium cleared up in time. <laughs> uh, Packers are thirteen point favorite in this game. Packers in a route. What are you getting out of Washington? Really? I actually like Washington to cover. Uh, you know, they've won two games in a row. That's fine. They kept it within 10 against the Vikings when they went on the road. They've had some, they've had some games where they, they hang around a little bit more than you think they will. This is, this just seems ripe for an Aaron Rodgers blowout. Darius Geis is back. He's had two pretty good performances last week. He blew up a little bit. So they, they have like a legitimate playmaker on offense now. Um, I'm not saying the, the, Washington has a chance to win the game. I 13's a big number. Here's another way to look at it. 13's a big number in the NFL, and I reserve those numbers for like when the Patriots are playing the Dolphins, which, by the way, I don't think they covered against the Dolphins. I would have picked the Patriots on that this year, but go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just don't think the Packers are that good. Like they're good, but I don't think they're good enough to like feel great about a 13. No, their point defense spread. is not good, but <laughs> Yeah, know. you actually bring up a good point about Darius Geis, who had a good uh good game last week. And uh, Green Bay's defense hasn't exactly been super strong against the run, but I, I, I think I agree with Johnsy here. The uh, It's a big number, but at home, they don't have many of those left. They had like all their home games at the beginning of the season, so send them, out, send them home happy. Give all those guys who earn their <laughs> ownerships uh, for shoveling yeah. yeah, something to party about. So, yeah, I'll take the pack. And you know there's at least like 20 dudes who show up that won't even, like, don't even have tickets. They're just like, yeah, I got nothing to do. Let's go shovel Lambo. Oh, uh, you going to the game? Uh, no, I don't have tickets. <laughs> cram it up your cram hole on the floor. That's right. Uh, Lions at Vikings. Another 13-point spread here. Vikings favored by 13. Noon Sunday on Fox as well. I gotta say, I, I like. The, I think I like the Lions to cover. Yeah. So, so like that's the thing about the Lions. Don't they keep every game close? Yeah. Or they're, most? They're not terrible. I don't well, they're not good either. But they're definitely not good. Let me look at some other scores here. But David Blau coming through. But if David Blau takes care of the football like he did against the Bears, those wide receivers are still good. They're going to get a player too. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just I struggle to go all the way up with thirteen with an eight and four football team like the Vikings are. That's well, the last time they played, the Vikings won by twelve. But that seems to be also a short week. Yeah, cross country flight, not cross country, but a long flight from Seattle back in. Uh, they get banged up. Dalvin Cooks, Stephon Dix. I'll take the Lions to cover. Yeah, to be clear, I think the Vikings win the game. Yeah, and the the status of Adam Thielen is uh, is up in the air too. He's missed. What, he's played like something like sixteen snaps in the last four weeks. That's no good. Uh, but I will lay the big number as well. I think last night was a bit of a wake up call for the Vikings. Time to strap it up and go get the go, go get to the playoffs. I mean, the Lions. We saw it last week. Their defense is susceptible. I think you get after them in the air, and uh, Vikings win in a big way. Gotta love preseason football. 
Uh, this game is definitely not a preseason game. It is a pretty good game between the 49ers and the Saints in New Orleans. Saints are two and a half point favorite. Also, noon Sunday on Fox. So a lot to keep track of at, at noon with the. Uh, I'm looking forward to having a Sunday. Like, why is this Sunday game at, football? It, it, you know the rules for flexing more than, yeah. than I do. Why is this game at noon? Just just like last week's Ravens 49ers game. Why, why was that at noon? Yeah, uh, it's a good point because especially I'm, I'm sure the 49ers aren't thrilled about it because back to back weeks because they're a West Coast team that they're getting stuck with 10 a.m. Pacific time starts. Yeah, and they've had you know long flights to both of these destinations uh, against tough opponents. It is a tough draw. I I'm surprised. Uh, I mean, look the the games this week. What's the Monday night game again? I don't have it in front of me. Because I know Seahawks-Rams is Sunday night. Is that right, by the way? So it's three out of four weeks the Rams have a home primetime game. I think I believe it is. Hang on, bear with me here. Uh, it is. Yes, Sunday night. Oh, and the Monday night. Well, you can't flex Monday night, but Giants-Eagles is the Monday night game. So yeah, Seahawks, Rams. I mean, it's a pretty solid Sunday night game. So I mean, they're and they're not flexing the Chiefs, Patriots game. No. Okay. Fair enough. And they still want a good like this will be the marquee noon game, yeah. right? So yeah. they still want a decent game in that window. Like next week, it Bears Packers staying at noon. It's a good game. Saints by a field goal. They cover. Wow. Uh, I like the 49ers here, and I actually like to win. Them. I like them to win outright. Um, I think the Saints, look, the Saints are obviously a good team. I still think they're, I hate to say it, Saints fans, because I know you're you're still angry and you're, you're uh, you know, thinking one of these years your team's going to break through. I just, I still don't think they're a perfect team. I mean, you look at their last, they really haven't played anybody great since they beat the Bears. And the Bears obviously aren't great either. But like since they beat up on the Bears, they beat the Cardinals, they lost to the Falcons, they beat the Bucks, they beat the Panthers, they beat the Falcons. They've been beating up on their own bad division. Here, I think the 49ers are a legitimate team. A legitimately good team. Great defense. I, I think they bounce back from their loss in Baltimore. I think they win this game outright. Yeah, I don't think there's a lot of teams in the NFL that could hang with the uh, Ravens the way that the 49ers just did. And I've been I've been asking the 49ers to prove it to me all season long and just been getting dug into the dirt. So I will finally get onto the 49ers bandwagon, and I will take those two and a half points. Just remember, two weeks ago, I mean, they murdered the Packers. Murdered the Packers. Still needed more proof. Still need, still need <laughs> That's how much disrespect you have for the Packers. Oh, and the floor. Let's bring your bib, because it's going to get messy. All right, good one in the afternoon window. Chiefs at Patriots. Patriots, a three-point home favorite. It's Patrick Mahomes, 325, Sunday on CBS. Are the Patriots good? They're not great anymore. They're good, maybe. Well, they have an outstanding defense. Yeah, they, their yeah, offense but, is problems. But, but when you see that defense against good teams... Doesn't look so great anymore. I, I know statistically, like they've been compared to the '85 Bears just in terms of what they're doing. But the Ravens ran all over them. They just lost last week as well. I have my doubts. I'm gonna take the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, I think I I I, I agree that when you see them go up against 
Um, you know, I guess we say it, special quarterbacks, and this is going to hurt Bears fans, but you saw what Lamar Jackson did to the Patriots. You saw what Deshaun Watson did to the Patriots. So I guess it stands the reason that Patrick Mahomes can hang in there uh, and, and do something. And, and Mahomes wasn't really good in the Chiefs' last win. Yeah. Their defense is what came, came alive. So, but that's the thing. The Chiefs don't have a great D. And... Are we really, I, I don't you, think the Patriots have a great O. Okay, but do you think Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are going to lose two games in a row? That's probably the, the strongest argument about this game. <laughs> I just don't see it yeah. happening. Uh, now, they are three-point favorite. This is this is like going to end up being a push or something. I'll take the Patriots, though. So. Yeah, I, I think you guys kind of put it on the line here where the Patriots lost that the game last week and are now in position to not only uh, not have home field advantage but not even have that bye. Um, I think Bill Belichick gets the team back on uh, back on track here and holds the Chiefs down enough to the point where um, the Patriots can score a little bit. I think the defense it, it'll it'll be a good matchup. I'm I'm really interested to see uh, Gilmore versus uh, um, Tyree Kill over the top. By the way, the uh, both these teams can clinch uh, their divisions this week. The Chiefs can clinch their division if they win and John Gruden's uh, Raiders lose. So what happened to them? Let's pound the ball right up there. Knock on wood if you're with me, man. All right? I guess they stopped doing that. Yeah, need more wood knockers, bro. <laughs> the Seahawks, you saw them last night. I, by the way, did not see them last night. My uh, cable and internet was out from, uh, apparently there was some kind of like fire or something bad happened near our house. And uh, not only did the cable and internet go out all day, but they actually sent the kids home from school early? Whoa. Like, can you even do that? You're dead. Well, if there's like a, an emergency, that Wait, it wasn't an emergency. Things. The power went out. Well, in schools, yes. Okay. I think it's a law. You need to have full power. Okay. So, like, fortunately, my wife was home. But if we'd both been working, like, I didn't what even get a message. Yeah. I didn't even get a message. Well, so they just dropped them off. That's what I'm saying. The bus <laughs> just gets there an hour early. What if no one's home? I don't know. Well, that's bad. I know. I thought you were saying Get it together they up there. sent him home without uh, because the Wi-Fi went down. Like the yeah. teachers got, I can't watch these kids without Wi-Fi. Right. No. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's how it is as a parent right now. <laughs> <laughs> so last night we're building trains and we're doing all this, you know. Hey, it was a good learning experience as a parent. We don't have cable or internet. Um, however, I was not able to watch any of the Seahawks-Vikings game, unfortunately. So I was just kind of following along uh, what was going on as uh, I had uh, Tyler Lockett and Dalvin Cook, which made things really tough. I, I was actually glad I couldn't watch it because Tyler Lockett did nothing and Dalvin Cook got hurt. I hung on for the victory. Now, I know you all, you guys all definitely care. No, don't care. All right, so the Seahawks... I stopped listening like three minutes ago. Yeah, well, you do that every podcast. It's really... <laughs> Uh, you love the interception questions like I was counting you for that. Seahawks, obviously legit. Rams, you brought it up earlier. You don't believe in them. Rams, no. one-point underdog at home, 720 Sunday on NBC. So I'm watching Monday Night Football. Did you watch it? <laughs> the, the Seahawks, as Booger McFarlane no. so eloquently explained to me, they have like crazy games. What did Booger? I did see Booger. Booger said, "I saw this on Twitter oh, that the, uh, the Minnesota always has these things go against them, like the Minneapolis miracle." Correct. 
Yes, yes. And then he apologized at halftime for it. Oh, did he? Yeah. I was thinking, like, Booker just seems like a cool guy. Like, I, I guarantee you he's great to have a beer with. But, man, like, he's got to get better at that job. He's better than Jason Witten, though. Yeah, Last no, year was for, really yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually entertained but that, by dude, Booker. That's like exactly how we talk about some players. We're like, nice guy. Wish him all the best. But, man, he's got to get better at his yeah, job. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, he says things, and you're just like, well, yeah. Like, that, this, like this guy. No. Yeah. yeah oh, Mike Lennon. Anyway, sorry. There's my Booger McFarlane tribute or rant. Uh, the Seahawks Tribute. He's, he's, still, he's still with us, folks. Just want to clear that up. The Seahawks, they just have crazy games for whatever reason. Uh, Last night's game was crazy as well. I'm going to go Seahawks in this one. And this is where you start getting the Rams, uh, where they start to open the door for the Bears if they could take care of business Thursday night against the Cowboys. Seahawks. Definitely Seahawks. I think they went out right. I thought one of the easiest spreads of the year was two weeks ago when the Ravens went to L.A., we had just seen the Rams, the way they played against the Bears, and how fortunate they were to win that game. And it was just like, the Ravens are going to go in there and kill them. And that's a, you actually called it. You said blowout. You used that word. That's exactly what happened. Um, I don't know if this is necessarily a blowout because it is a divisional you know, rivalry game. Um, but I, I don't see the Rams winning it. I think the Seahawks are good. I think they're legit. And I definitely think they, they win by more than one. Yep, I agree with you guys. I think the the Rams just can't hang with the Seahawks uh, offensively or defensively. Um, it sucks that they're getting points at home. Maybe once they get a real stadium, they'll get a real fan base. But for now, I'm going to take the Seahawks. Are they getting that stadium next year? Or is it still another year away? Ooh, I don't know. Didn't ESPN just have some long piece on this? No. You fly by and see it doesn't look close to being done. I know. I, I actually was impressed with the L.A. Coliseum, though. But that's because my expectations were pretty the low. The press box was nice. They, they did a nice job with it. Um, all right. Big weekend in college football. All right. We uh, got some good conference championship games. I'm not exactly sure what all is on the line with the... I don't know, which, let's see, Ohio State has to win. No, they don't have to win. If Ohio State loses, they're probably still fine. If LSU loses, they're probably still fine. Georgia needs the win to have a chance to get in. Wisconsin's out. Uh, Can Oklahoma still get in, Joe? Yeah, I would say, you know, Oklahoma's still right there. Um, Even Alabama, you know, those are two tough losses, and nobody wants to hear that because everybody's sick of Alabama. But I think Alabama sells a chance. Obviously, they can't improve their own resume because they don't have a game this weekend. Um, I can't. I don't know how you could put Alabama in there. Then you're, I, I did see our guy uh, Chris the, the Bear Felica say that even with a loss, that Clemson is in. Okay, so they're good too. All right. Well, we're going to start it with the uh, Big Twelve Championship game being played in Arlington, Texas, eleven a.m. Saturday on ABC. Baylor plays Oklahoma. Oklahoma an eight and a half point favorite. Go ahead, Joe. <laughs> Yeah, this was a really entertaining game that uh, most people thought was over at halftime or even in the second quarter. So yeah. uh, this should be a fun one. Um, I, I think Baylor has a lot to prove that they were kind of embarrassed after scoring no points in the second half. Um, I will take the points, but I think Oklahoma wins. They just uh, keep it within the uh, eight and a half, the Baylor Bears, that is. Yeah. Uh, for, those, for those of you that missed that game a couple weeks ago. Adam Jones! Um, yeah, Baylor, Baylor had a big lead. This It was in Norman, right? 
No, that was in uh, uh, Waco. It was in Waco. Okay. Well, Baylor had a big lead, and then they blew it in the second half. Uh, it seemed like, you're right. It seemed like it was over, and Oklahoma came all the way back. So some incentive there for Baylor. Um, both these teams only with one loss. Baylor's only loss came to Oklahoma. I eight and a half seems like a lot for me here. I'm, I don't know that Baylor wins, but I like them to cover. How do you guys feel about Jalen Hurts as a draft prospect in the second round of the 2020 NFL Draft? To the Bears? Maybe. I don't hate it. I think he's a good football player. I think that's a little early for him. Yeah? Yeah. He, like, he strikes me as a guy that you think will go in the early rounds, but actually goes like in the fourth or fifth, yeah. which is all the better for the Bears, I, I believe, or, or any team who needs or has questions at quarterback. I'll go Oklahoma. Jalen Hurts has a nice game. All right. Uh, we'll keep it moving here then. You know, I think Adams had a good season. SEC Championship Saturday, 3 p.m. start Central Time on CBS. This game's being played in Atlanta. So a little bit of home cooking for Georgia. They play LSU. LSU having a great year with Joe Burrow. Seven and a half point favorites the Tigers are. He is so damn good. I actually watched some of his game. I actually watched some college football, believe it or not. On Saturday. Good job. Yeah. Give me an applause or something. No. Oh, I don't no. All you have is like my sneezes on there. Okay. He is so good. Just so good. LSU is going to win this game. He's going to be the number one overall pick. He's so good. Yeah, seven and a half seems like a lot, but LSU also just seems like they're a lot better. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like people talk about Georgia's defense just by default. You know, this isn't the Georgia defense of even a couple of years ago with Roquan Smith. I think LSU blows them out. They're, they're just they're that much better. I'm not impressed with uh, Georgia's offense either. Jake Fromm, you know, despite being the starter for a couple of years, hasn't really shown the progression that you'd like for, again, another potential draft pick. Uh, so, yeah, I will take LSU in a route. Hello, everyone. This is Al Riveron. Uh, finally, in Indianapolis, 7 p.m. Saturday on Fox, number one Ohio State plays number 12 Wisconsin, a rematch from earlier this season. I've seen this spread kind of all over the place. I got it at 16 here. For I, I, Someone told me it was like 20. I don't know about that. But um, I have Ohio State favored by 16. Buckeyes blew Wisconsin out in the first meeting, but it was a three-point game early in the third quarter, which at that time, Wisconsin was the only team that had stayed anywhere near uh, you know, a close game against Ohio State. Then it got out of hand. That game was played in Columbus. So rematch situation. Wisconsin's also playing different. And that was an impressive win over Minnesota last week. Yeah. Minnesota. Did, you take, did you take the Gophers? I did take the Gophers. Gophers. Okay, I said golfers. I think or the golfers. golfers. They look like they look uh, more like Bill golfers. Murray. <laughs> uh, moment for me. Um, I mean, I, again, I just it was polite of Wisconsin. To, just polite to, to lend them the axe. Just lend them an axe for a year. Say, hey, remember this is a rivalry. You got to uphold your end of the bargain. So here's the axe. <laughs> it's just a reminder, and then we're gonna come up to your place and we're gonna take it back. So okay. your Badgers only scored seven points last time they played the Buckeyes, did they not? Yeah, Buckeyes are good. Yes, they were also coming off that loss to Illinois the week before, which is not good. That's no. not good at all. No, trust me, it still haunts my dreams. Ugh, lovey, <laughs> lovey's in your dreams. It's good. Um, I I got the Buckeyes in a row. Justin Fields, underrated Heisman candidate. He's not going to get it. Joe Burrow is going to run away with it, but Buckeyes in a row. Joe. 
You know Michigan's basketball program went from unranked to number four in the country? How Wait, awesome are we is talking that? about Michigan? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to do anything except praise the Buckeyes. Juwan Howard, baby. <sighs> yeah, I mean, they are legit so good. I've been saying it all season long. I don't think I've picked against the Buckeyes. Uh, they cover and cover and cover again. Wisconsin, they need to do a better job of getting the ball to our guy JTT in space. You know, I felt like he kind of got forgotten in the game plan in, in the game in Columbus. So to keep it close, you know, run him up the middle, but then get him on a screen pass. Get him, get him out, put him out in the slot. Do something with your Heisman potential back. Uh, to keep yourselves in it, but I really, even if they do that, the Buckeyes are just the class of this conference, and uh, yeah, they'll they'll win by at least the sixteen or seventeen. You know, Jack Cohn's passes like his last. I, I wonder if this pat. Yes, okay. Jack Cohn's final eight passes against Minnesota: twenty yards, eleven yards, twenty-eight yards, touchdown. All right, let me start over: twenty yards for a first down, eleven yards for a first down. 28 yards for a touchdown, 31 yards for a first down, 47 yards for a touchdown, 13 for a first down, incomplete, 70 yards for a first down. That was how Jack Cohn ended that game against Minnesota, which, by the way, has a good defense. By the way, was in the snow and the wind. That's where, you know, Wisconsin's playing different football than they were when they played uh, Ohio State the first time around. I think they're going to keep this relatively close. I think Ohio State wins by 17, and they just barely cover. He got close to picking the Badgers there, I felt. That was, yeah. He really I had to throw up there. A like he, 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 he kept saying all these good things about the Badgers, but, eh, you know, the, the, they're still going to win by three scores. If I thought <laughs> they had a realistic chance to win on Saturday, I'd be going to Indianapolis this weekend. And that's the facts. That's that's one hundred percent truth. <laughs> You've hit that button like five times today, and I'm not going. I I I, I have kind of used that button a little bit too much. That's fine. We should get out of here. That's a sign we should get out of here. Right? I think so. Okay. <laughs> you can hit it. Go ahead. No, we'll wait. We'll wait till the end. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter. At Adam Hogue, H-O-G-E, at Adam Johns, J-A-H-N-S. You can read us, WGNRadio.com, slash Bears, The Athletic, The Athletic app. It's a great place. Good way to read up on the Cowboys, too. Uh, please rate and review the podcast. We don't always say that anymore, but we appreciate you doing that. More importantly, and I always tell us when we see fans that, you know, in person, I say, just go tell tell your buddy. Tell, tell them about the podcast. We appreciate you doing that. Spread the word. Good to have Joe Romano with us today. You can follow him on Twitter, at Joey Jobro. Oh, I forgot about the uh, to mention the voicemails. We did not have voicemails this week. Uh, things have been crazy. Also, it was Thanksgiving. People did call in. Uh, I heard there's a guy that calls in every week with a four-minute voicemail. We appreciate and love you for that. <laughs> um I also love and appreciate that Joe Romano does not listen to the, the entire thing. But keep calling in. Yes. The guy's busy. Maybe make it two minutes. Call his cell phone if you're going to leave a four-minute voice. Text message. See ya. Chris, I'm